Welcome back to Behind the Emerald Veil podcast with Mandy and Allison and our special guest, Camila, who is back for part two. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Welcome, Camila. Thank you. It's so good to be back. All right. So, okay, we had such great conversation in our last episode, but we didn't get to like some of the most important stuff. So we're back to talk about some of that <laughs> some of the juicy stuff some of the juicy stuff yeah some of like the meat and potatoes yeah I love meat and potatoes me too <laughs> <laughs> now I'm hungry <laughs> thanks <laughs> I know I'm like it was just random but that's why it's called that because that's what we're talking about today so yeah. where did we want to start off because um well let's just start off with um well to listen to the first part of this then definitely go back and go check, back go back and check that out <laughs> um but today we're going to talk about um we're going to continue to talk about the rise of the feminine consciousness and why it's needed more than ever and then Camila's going to go into how to embody the feminine energy and how to learn to live in balance with the divine masculine and and some rituals and things that you can do to really like mm. just live in that space and and call in that feminine energy. So Camila, why don't you share with us a little bit? We're gonna get right into it. <laughs> Love Boom. it. Can you share with us a little bit about like why the feminine consciousness, like why there's this rise of the feminine consciousness consciousness and why it's needed now more than ever? Yes, of course. And this is such a loaded question. And one that I love to sink my teeth into. Um, But I think when, you know, the last episode, we were just starting to touch base on the return of the Magdalene's and the return of this divine, yeah, this divine feminine energy onto our planet. And so just as a recap, basically during the rise of Catholicism and when the patriarchy really started to rise, that's when feminine consciousness was really almost wiped out off of our planet. And so when we talk about feminine energy, it's the energy of really being connected to the earth, like on such a deep cellular level that we as beings do not feel like we are separate from nature, that Mm -hmm. we as beings feel that we are a part of nature. And as I, you know, kind of told you guys in prehistoric times where we had these matriarchal societies where women were the leaders, it was a time of community and it was a time of really like taking care of each other, taking care of everyone. And it was about the good of all rather than the good of a few. And so if you look, and also I think I mentioned this last episode, is is when you look at that time too, there was also like lack of war. Like there was very, very little infighting between tribes. And I think, you know, now what's interesting about the rise of the feminine energy is there's actually now being science and research done into the feminine biology. And for the first time in a really long time, especially women of reproductive years, because, you know, with the rise of Catholicism, Christianity, and the, you know, patriarchy, what ended up happening is there was control taken over who was deemed you know, acceptable to, to, to be a healer, to be a doctor or to be in charge. Right. And so the men took over, uh, the religion, you know, they became priests, but if you look at priests, they wear robes like women, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, in the womb religion, you know, menstrual blood was seen as this like primordial sacred fluid. And now they turn that into wine, right? Now they use wine in in religion to, to symbolize these things. And so, you know, and then men started taking over, in the leadership and political roles. And what ended up happening was a lot of this feminine energy, especially like the healers, the medicine women, the shamans, the um, like the green witches, like the herbalists, the druids, the sages, they were all killed out, right? We, we know this yeah, um, yeah. through the witch trials. They were called witches and they were killed. And it's like you know, 
it's so hard to even know how many were killed. And it wasn't just women. It was primarily women, but it was also men as well who were in their divine feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading this account of this one woman during this time who was burned at the stake for healing someone with plants. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. Like someone had in this account, because I I read a lot of these things and, you know, it was you. It was (laughs) Mandy. It was Mandy. That was me. I was burned at the stake for healing somebody with plants. Exactly. I'm sure a lot of us were and and now we're back, right? Yeah. Right. But yeah, and she, you know, she had, she was burned at the stake and in this beautiful account, you know, Mother Mary comes and gets her. Um, And the beautiful thing about fire is like a lot of these women that were burned at the stake, it's like, you know, fire is a, is a very powerful alchemical transformative element. So it's like, They thought they burned us, but they didn't. We just transformed. <laughs> it's so true. Ah, so true. Well, because like even the fire, like the forest fires that we've all had and all that stuff, the destruction, but it's like, it's it's done to rebirth something right. too, yeah. right? Like something mm-hmm. comes from that. Life yeah. comes from that. Yeah. And when you're like talking, Camille, I, I keep thinking of, because I'm like into the show Outlander. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I keep yes, seeing me too. the scene that um, Claire, the, mm-hmm. the main character, um, comes over to heal this boy, right? That who was suffering what she realized was from poison. Yeah. But the priest was there. Was like I right? remember that scene. Yeah, you remember that scene, and too. it was just like the priest. It was like the priest knows all. Like who mm-hmm. is this woman coming in here? Mm. Who is this? What is this voodoo? And she ended up saving his life. Um, and and his ego and raged, raged right? Like that he was going to come, and it was just like, oh my god, people. Like, can we? But it it makes you realize. It makes you realize in that time how much um, can be kind of distorted and how much people can be brainwashed into believing something, right? So believing like, oh, it has to be an exorcism because the priest says it. And like, there was no rationale for reason. Mm -hmm. It was just what they were told and what they believed. And you can see how that kind of brainwashing can happen. Um, And and until you take your step back and you're like, okay, like we, if we have like reality and, like let's have common sense here people yeah um you know like why wouldn't a plant or something be able to fix and what's what does it matter in the end right yeah what does it matter in the end because it's right because it's control and it's power Power, and within that change that happened also is we began to sever ourselves from mother gaia from mother nature and these even these these doctors like the cruel just like just backward stuff that they would do like bloodletting and all these things that they would do to people right um and, and one of the one of the foundational things of that happened during that time also was that women started to turn on each other yeah Right? Because there's so much fear and you want to save your family, you want to save your own. So you start to turn and there's this mob mentality that happens where women started to turn on each other and started to, you know, turn other women in Mm -hmm. for witchcraft. Um, And that's where a lot of this, this, this sister wound and this competition, it's so deep in our psyches and in our collective. And one of the beautiful things about the return of the divine feminine is well, let's maybe take a step and talk about what divine feminine energy really yeah. is, because I think there's this misconception that it's flowers and <laughs> and flowy dresses and long hair. It's so <laughs> true, right? Right. And it used to actually be, be very triggering to me um, yeah. because I thought divine feminine meant lazy and I thought it meant like unclean and unshaven and (laughs) (laughs) and hippie hippie, yeah for a long time and I you know spent so much time in like this toxic feminine uber masculine you know (laughs) trying to be masculine feminine version of myself um but when what I when I really started to dive deep into okay 
why am I being so called into this feminine energy? And why do I feel so good being in my feminine energy? Like when I started to play in that energy, it was like, my body was like, Oh, we're home. Like finally we get to be like where we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the divine feminine, what it represents is being simply being in your essence and like not where the masculine is constantly on this productivity wheel and you Mm -hmm. see it still like every single commercial, Mm -hmm. every single ad that you see on Facebook, social media, it's like, get this to look younger. All those stupid cellulite creams now, like it's just, it's constant. It's this constant of like, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have enough and you will never be happy until you have this thing here that I'm trying to sell you. Everybody keeping us like down, right? Like keeping us uh, stifled. That's what I was looking for. Thank you for taking that. And looking for external things to fix us. Totally. Right. So right. us like in this containment that to believe that we're not good enough, we're never good enough. Right. Like that's, it just plummets at women um, all the time and so it's like if they keep us like stifled like that and in this container then they know they can't our full power can't come out like a girl on my instagram the other day she was talking about like you know can they make a deodorant that's not like baby powder for women like i why do you want me to smell like a baby Ew, yeah. And it's so true when you think about it, because you even think about all the advertisement and stuff, like it's the pink and it's the flowers and it's the baby powder. And it's like, and mm-hmm. she was kind of like, why can't I have an axe? Um, why can't I been... smell like the woods? Why can't I, I, I smell, smell the woods? Like the woods. Instead of smelling like a baby's bum. That's basically yeah. what she said. Instead of smelling <laughs> like a baby's bum. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> and there's also, yeah. And there's also this like, I started to realize and seeing this in my own family and my own friendships of like how much time and energy women spend worrying about what we look like to please others, to please others, worrying about what we're eating, worrying about, are we using the right anti-aging stuff? Should we be getting our eyebrows done? Like all of this stuff that's like, Literally, and and I watch myself during the day, how many times I have those looping thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so the feminine energy, it's like, wipe all of that out (laughs) and just start to really focus on being, on being okay with who you are. And it goes back to this unity consciousness of the fact that I truly believe that we are all a fractal of source. And I know you guys believe that too, right? So we are all connected Mm -hmm. and we are all a part of source. We all have God within us. We all have spirit within us. We are a fractal of the bigger parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And source is having an experience through us. Yes. Right? That's good Yeah. Right? So source, God, is having a human experience through us. And gifted us with certain things, gifted us with certain things that we like, gifted us with certain things that we didn't like, our personality, the lessons it wants to experience through us. Mm -hmm. We are not broken. Mm -hmm. We are not broken. Mm -hmm. The system is broken. Yeah, that's so true. And so when we start to sit in the energy of, like, I always think about the wild rose, you know, and the wild rose, it doesn't bloom for others, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, so w- it doesn't wait until the right person is walking by to bloom. <laughs> it doesn't tell itself you can't bloom. You're not good enough. Mm-hmm, it yeah, doesn't so. even, it doesn't wait for the right perfect spot to bloom. It just blooms wherever it feels like it when the time, when, the, when it's divine timing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if somebody sees them, that flower, that rose or not. Like right? ever at all. I yeah, know because right? it's in the wild, right? Yeah. It just does it for us to, to celebrate the fact that it can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love and that. so when yeah. you think about divine feminine energy it's about really starting to turn off that programming and really starting to sit with yourself really starting to focus on and being comfortable with who you are every single flaw 
is a part of what makes you you those stretch marks make you you those mm-hmm. freckles those moles whatever <laughs> those those lines those wrinkles those all tell a story mm-hmm. and they're a part of what makes you you and the other thing that's really beautiful about divine feminine consciousness is this whole you know and it's it's actually wired in women now scientists and neurologists are saying that women are actually wired for leadership biologically oh wow yes we are wired for leadership because women look after the collective yeah wow it's so true yeah and so not only that true. we also women so men are high on dopamine and they're like, go, 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 go. And like, they're like, and we need that energy. We do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to go and you need to be productive and you need to like be in that fight mode where you have to produce, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to advance. But what's interesting about women is that they actually don't, they don't just make decisions based on like what's in front of them at that moment, they actually look at the impact of what that decision will have on in the future for the future. Yeah. So it's like, yes, I could do this, but how is that going to impact my children and their children? And this is why I've dedicated my life to working with women because I really do feel like women are going to heal the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that as just a nice sentiment. I actually truly believe that if we had more women in power, Again, mm-hmm. science now backs this up. Our world would completely change mm-hmm. because of the way women are wired. Women are wired to care for other people. Women are wired to look after the good of all rather than a few. And when and it's not the toxic version of women that I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about the integrated. Yeah. You know, when women actually work on themselves and heal some of these collective wounds, mm-hmm. that version of the feminine, if we were to just put that version of the feminine out, it, there would be such a trickle effect. There would be such a ripple effect. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, you have a mother who's burnt out, who's not supported, who's constantly worrying about everyone but herself and then being down on herself because she doesn't have time to take care of herself. Yeah. Yeah. You take that woman, you invest in her, you believe in her. She begins to believe in herself. She begins to invest in herself. She begins to work on herself. She begins to heal herself. Then you put that same woman back out into the world. That woman is now going to parent differently. She's going to parent her sons differently because she's going to value herself. Yeah. So She's, yeah. I just want to ask, cause I just keep hearing what about, so we're talking a lot about the, the women holding the divine feminine energy and healing, um, healing that the wounds that they need so that they can fully embody the divine feminine energy. But I, uh, what about the other side? Cause we're very, we're talking about the one side right now, but what about the divine masculine energy? So I have two questions for you, Camila. One, is do you feel like um, a male, somebody who sits in a div- like more of a masculine energy, can hold a divine feminine energy and lead from that space? Do you know what I mean? I, and yeah, okay. And then my next question for you is: Would you agree that the world, the patriarch that we talk about, the hierarchy, all that sort of stuff, has been existing in a toxic? Um, unhealed divine masculine energy because there's a an unhealed divine masculine energy and a divine masculine energy which there's a difference but also the same with like the unhealed divine wounded feminine you know when you exist from that space you're existing from a wounded space but then there's the aligned divine feminine so you can look at it from both sides we have the divine feminine and the divine masculine both healed and then there's both an unhealed and toxic part of each of that I love that you brought this up because the rise of the divine feminine is not just a woman's job, right? It is a man's job as well. Mm -hmm. The reason why we are, a lot of us are focusing on women right now is because they have been so stifled stifled and ignored. If you think of even like studies that have, that have been done like for, um, you know, health studies, like women have been left out. Of yeah. health studies of reproductive yeah. years for and just now we're finding finally starting to learn about our own biology i live this every day i live with a chronic illness and gynecological um that whole field is so stifled they have no idea how to help me like they have mm-hmm. no idea how to help women mm-hmm. but yeah. going back to what you said yes 
but I believe that it starts at home. Yeah. And I believe that it starts with the mothers and how they raise their sons and how the fathers raise their sons and how you need to realize that the way that you as a woman, like I was going back to saying, um, you know, you take that healed woman, you put her back out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. If she starts to project certain things to her sons, (laughs) they will start to see women differently. I don't know what it was like for you guys growing up, but for us, you know, the women did everything Mm -hmm. and, you know, we are Polish immigrants, you know, and my mom and her sisters like serve the men. They did, you know, we go to family things and the men don't lift a finger. The women are cooking and cleaning, wearing high heels, full makeup, all dressed and done up. And they're just serving the men and the men are just sitting there. And I just never sat well with me. Still, yeah. It's amazing how that's sti- like, how that's still so prominent in today's world, right? Like how even like seeing the equal equ- inequalities between men and women, mm-hmm. you know, because again, I, I've, I feel for myself that I've always been like, I'm just as much as equal as you. Like I've yeah. always felt that, but then I'm like, you do start to see it in different parts of society where you're like, Oh shit. Still playing that game? Yeah. We're still mm-hmm. doing that dialogue? Like this is ridiculous. And it's so crazy to still start to see these things pop up. Like, yes, we've made major headway. But I remember like talking to a coworker, um, she was close to retirement, and she'd said, like, I it was not allowed to be a part of the pension plan. And in my yeah. head, I was like, Man, like I picture that stuff like way before my time Mm -hmm. but in reality it wasn't and I'm like that's fucked up yeah that's really fucked up that women (laughs) what Mm -hmm. how do I not have as just as much right as anybody and so it it is kind of freaking crazy that that is still the case in today's world yeah well and I think too it goes back to us as women also encouraging and giving permission to the men in our lives to be vulnerable to take the time to heal because there's also this like oh like a feminine man is not attractive a man who shows his emotions is not attractive right and it has to be a complete culture paradigm shift totally where yeah where men are allowed to show their emotions Mm -hmm. and I like the reason why I think I have so much faith in this is because I see the children now like I see Mm -hmm. my nephews I have four nephews and just how like sensitive they are and how they're nurturing so they are. sensitive like ha- they're so I didn't realize how sensitive they naturally like they naturally yeah, yeah. are even compared because oh, I have boys and my and I have all nieces and and they're like my my sister and my my son are two weeks apart so we really got to watch the two of them kind of grow up and it was fascinating to to see like how sensitive my boys are um and how people react to it. Mm. Um, Because I I remember that's always been something that I've been very, very, you know, insistent on is that, you know, my kid wants to cry, they're going to cry. I do not want my boys to fall into this, you need to be macho um, dialogue, right? Because I was just like, that's that's not happening. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, at one point, um, a family member calling my son a sissy boy. Whoa! Yeah, as no. a, as a joke, as a joke, right? Like they, were, they weren't being serious, but they were joking. And I was like, "No, even those jokes, yeah, even those jokes, because these are these side-handed comments that start to go into that narrative mm-hmm. that are going to switch my sensitive boy into not showing emotions, mm-hmm. right? Because this is what our society has made it. Um, and I've always been like, absolutely not. Like I am going to encourage having emotion with my boys. Cause the last thing I want is a version of my husband who has zero emotion. <laughs> and I'm like, I do not want my boys to grow up that way and it's something I've always really tried to like even my son my oldest because he's more of a you know and it's so funny I could see the switch I could see the switch naturally happening as hard as I tried to keep you know that part out I've seen that switch where he's gotten more hardening. he's hardening yeah, yeah. He's hardening. his heart his heart is hardening it's hardening and it's like and I can't even help it and and stop it and you know 
I really still encourage like when he said something like, oh, I really got hurt at school today. And I was like, oh, no. And I'm like, did you cry? And 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 he was like, no. And I was like, it's OK if you do. Like I constantly you should try. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's I'm like, it's OK if you want to cry. Like it's totally I really, really, really try to encourage that. And then even in the sense of like the norms of like sexuality, mm. I always say to my son, I'm like, Oh, do you have a crush on any girls or boys? I, it's always been a, like, I've never questioned it. It's yeah. always been girls or boys. And that's just been the norm because I never wanted to put him into a box, force him into a box by being like, do you have a crush on any girls? And then him, in his head being like, I have a well, that, boy, but obviously yeah. that's not appropriate. Yeah. Right. But like really trying to keep that, but it's like our society is so hell bent and determined that, you know, like girls can wear blue, but mm-hmm. boys can't wear pink. Don't you find that odd? Like I find that super weird. Yeah. So there's like these double standards that kind of happen all over the place. It's all over the place. But that's what we're here to crush. Yeah. yeah. And Push I think, too, yes. And I think too, like, it's so beautiful that you as a mother can, pick up on these things, you know, and, and really be, um, cognizant of trying to not harden your children and do, and do that same collective trauma that a lot of men go through. But one thing that I want to do say that I think is one of the biggest ways that, you know, one of the things that maybe if we become aware of, we can start to look at is with the rise of the patriarchy, and and as we keep saying, it's still so prevalent today. We as children, especially men, Mm -hmm. from a young age are so, are already taught to disassociate from our body. Like our culture, Mm -hmm. we are so disassociated from the body. And we are, we are, we are living from the head. And that's the masculine, right? Yes. And so we literally, and, and how that happens, don't feel your emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't cry, mm-hmm. you know, and we completely bypass our bodies and we're stuck in our heads and the ego has a driver's seat. And that's yeah. why we are where we are today. We are separated from nature. We use, we see nature as a resource, something that needs to be dominated, something that needs to be used. But yeah. look at where we are right now. We have essentially a huge overpopulation program uh, problem. Yeah. We have like, it's, climate change is like it's not even like it's it's just it to me it's like hilarious now because it's like it's not a problem it's a disaster like it's, yeah it's inevitable like yeah. you you know I don't like to be one of those negative people but like we need to own our shit humans mm-hmm. yeah. and we <laughs> you know and we need to look at the fact that like we are living in an unsustainable world where greed is running the show. Oh. And a few people are making decisions on behalf of us. And yeah. as we said in the first episode, we are going down that track of self-destruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is why the divine feminine is coming back online yeah. to remind us that we need to be embodied. We are here to be, have human experiences. We are here to be a part of nature. Mm-hmm. We are here to focus on the present moment, mm-hmm. not to constantly be obsessed about the future. And like, you know, you see this even on social media. I have such a love-hate relationship with it because <laughs> I know you guys do too. And a lot of intuitives and, and spiritual people do like there's a means to an end, but you know, you have all of these children like and even in our community like these you know intuitives and spiritual people like chasing followers I hate that word like you know like but for what end you're like spending all this time and all this energy like making spending all your time on social media in this fake world Mm -hmm. for what like for what end what is what is 500,000 followers gonna get you like what do you think that's gonna get you Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're completely disembodied. You're not paying attention to your <laughs> to to the present moment and you're not living your life. Yeah. And I find, you know, I went through this in this last year where I was very much in the celestial realms. I had this awakening that I was a star seed and I needed that. I needed that remembering. I needed I needed to feel that connection and I needed to have that year of really diving deep into like who my star family was and who I was. But I felt so untethered. 
And right. I felt so yeah. ungrounded. And so now what I'm really focusing on and what they, you know, my star family is, has constantly told me is like, get back into your body. Like we're here, <laughs> but like you are in this incarnation you're here to be here right for a reason to do this work and Mm -hmm. so with the rise of the divine feminine it's really about coming back to our true essence our true nature and that if you look at some of the indigenous cultures that are left that is the type they embody it and i I love it and i love it so much and they always did they always did i find like fascinating um about the history of it that you know they were here they were here first and they embodied they did exactly that they embodied that whole connection with earth yeah and everything was like a give and like a back and forth right so much balance and so much balance and unity and then all of a sudden it was like yeah this patriarchy came in and was like what are you doing and it was just shut down shut down and it was like but our true nature was that yes and, it, and then we destroyed it. And yeah. it was just, it was so beautiful. And that's what I see with like, when people talk about the new earth, I don't envision it as us having all this AI. Like I, no. I do not believe that AI is our friend. No, I agree. <laughs> um, it's another yeah. form of Control. us. Yeah. And getting out of the body and disconnecting. Yeah. Disconnecting. Right. There's no connection. There's no no soul. No. And these alternate and these realities, like these, these virtual realities, like of us just living in a virtual reality, we kind of are already doing that on social media. Yeah, totally. Like that's just the first level. It's the first level. And it's so, you know, I, I even catch myself. I'm like, I'm so there was a point in time where I was really addicted to checking my social media. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first thing I did when I woke up and it was like constantly every day. And I was like, why am I even on here? I don't feel good being on here. Yeah. All I feel is like comparison and yeah. lack when I'm on here. Why do I keep coming back here for what? Right. Yeah. You know? And so if, you know, if we want more balance and harmony, I really do believe it starts at home. And I believe it starts with the individual starting to come back to their true essence, mm-hmm. getting rid of all of that external noise. And this comes back into the wild path mm-hmm. because we are all here, like being a fractal of source with our own unique gifts. We came here with our own unique experiences that we're meant to have. And we're here to walk our own path. Yeah. But if we continue to just accept what we're given, like we're given, you know, as children, we're just given this box of like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to school. You're going to get married. You're going to have kids. You're going to work till you die. Then you're going to retire. <laughs> and then we're going to put you in a old folks home. Cool. Right. Uh, <laughs> and we just, <laughs> and we just accept it. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, because yeah. everyone else is doing it. Yeah. But and so there's step out of that you are the wild woman or the you mi- are wild the man. Wild you are man. the like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then people are like, wow, that one's gone off their rocker. Right? Because they're not on this. Not on the same path <laughs> as everybody yeah. That conveyor belt that you talked yes. about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like about really finding yourself. But in order to find yourself and, and really connect with your soul, you need to get, return to stillness. Yeah. You need to return to nature mother the mother the cosmic ancient mother mother gaia even though we've severed from her even though we've done so much damage she's always here to receive us Mm -hmm. and so it's like coming back into your body coming back into your true essence taking taking that time out and really figuring out who am i Mm -hmm. and like being okay with who you are like really really being starting to be okay with the fact that like i'm a shitty cook or like you know what? I have a temper and like starting to be okay with that. Yeah. And really starting to see that as a gift. And then once you kind of like realize and and really start to become comfortable with who you are, it's like coming back into the body Mm -hmm. and feeling safe in the body. We are so untethered from the body because we have been taught that it's an unsafe place to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like coming back into the body and realizing that, this is our vehicle here. This is a technology. 
And it is such an untapped resource. There are so, right? Like there are so many beautiful portals, especially women. Oh my gosh, that we have access to. Now when I connect, I'm connecting through my breasts. I'm channeling goddess Hathor through my breasts. I'm connecting. Yeah. I'm connecting through my womb and I'm taken to all these insane underworld portals and really starting to connect to earth magic, like the animals. The elements, the directions. Think about the elements. Mm -hmm. Water, earth, fire, and air have been here since the beginning of time. (laughs) They have seen it all. Yeah, they have never faltered. Never Never faltered. faltered. Connecting with the spirits of these elements, connecting with the trees. Mm -hmm. And so some of these rites and rituals that, you know, people can start to do to start to embody this energy is the number one that I always say is like, come back to nature. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't just mean like get out in nature because that's really important. And that to me was the biggest, if, when people ask me like, how did you get back into your divine feminine? How did you, how did you get back into your body? Nature every day for an hour, no headphones, no music, you mm. in nature. Yeah. Going out to, into the woods, going out into the water, exploring our beautiful earth, exploring your neighborhood, getting outside and really just walking in nature. There's so many and, and like and not like worrying, like getting out of your head and just really experiencing, like stopping, taking the time to stop and smell the flowers, hugging a tree exploring the forest floor exploring the beach and finding cool rocks like really immersing yourself into the elements but then that also means coming back to nature within yourself Mm, so what does that look like so that means being in your natural state not putting on all these masks Mm. yeah right so when I go and it, it was so like uh, prevalent for me that I, you know, for years, I would not leave the house without makeup. I had to have my nails done. I had to have makeup and I had my armor of like, I was in control. I knew what was going on. I walked into the office. I had my armor on and it was like, no, (laughs) coming back to nature within myself, like not doing my hair every day, not doing my makeup, you know, (laughs) being like one of the other things that really with someone who's really struggled with disordered eating For a year, I sat in front of the mirror every day and just looked at myself, like naked, Mm -hmm. and looked at myself and started to really get comfortable with my body. And there were days where I was bawling and I was angry and I was throwing things because I was just disgusted with what I was seeing. But it was something I really needed to do because... I had such a narrative, such a story about my legs and my butt. And there was so much hidden wounds and like darkness in these areas of my body that I was carrying that I had to face. I had to face my shit. I had to face Mm -hmm. that. Like, I don't have a thigh gap and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, my legs are big and they smush together and they're jiggly and I love them because they are my mother's legs and they make me feel very like tethered and grounded, you know? Yeah. And it's like little things like that, like, I don't freaking have abs, you know, and I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it yeah. was like really going True. through. Yeah. It was really like, it was so uncomfortable to, it, it felt so unsafe and uncomfortable to be in my body. And it was like working through it. And every day I couldn't even look in the mirror and say, I love you. That was too much for me. Oh, sorry. I have dogs. I don't know if you can hear them. No worries. Okay. Love dogs. Um, but even just like starting to look at some of these body parts and saying I'm learning to love you I yeah. want to love you really the other things that you can do too are like spending some time with your body like when you get out of the shower like we our bodies are such an afterthought you know like yeah. we shower them we put clothes on them sometimes we put lotion on and we're gone and we're out we're out of, of you know out in our day yeah. but it's like spending some time and like really like massaging your body putting mm-hmm. some like oil or some lotion when you get yeah. out of the shower and intentionally going and rubbing like different parts of your body and sending love and gratitude to those parts of your body for all of the things that they do for you, like sending gratitude for your legs, for keeping you grounded and keeping you and like tethering you to mother Gaia, like all of these beautiful things. Um, And 
you know, if you really, really want to take it up a notch, one of the things that I do that I love the most is you're going to laugh, Allie, but yoni mapping. (laughs) (laughs) Because we, we, do you, when was the last time you looked at your vagina? Like really looked at it. Exactly. Cause we're not taught to, Yeah, but yeah, but we're so disconnected from our pelvic floor and women hold so much tra- trauma in our wombs because when we don't feel our emotions, like we're taught yeah. to, we're taught not to feel our emotions. We push all of that down into the womb. And so it's doing, and that's what I do through my work is helping women to really get into the womb space and doing that work there and clearing years and years and years of stagnant energy and trauma and going into, you know, the yoni and looking at it, looking at your cervix. And like, I remember the first time How I did this. How do you look this, at your cervix? Well, you, you, you take a mirror. <laughs> Never done that. Uh-huh. Cervix, it's up in your vagina. Well, it's, My it's doctor the whole. My at it when they open up. <laughs> well, the I'm cervix. Like... The cervix is the whole inside, right? So yeah. you can it see it. Di- yeah, so you can see it dilating. I you just, don't you know just... how to do that. Well, that's <laughs> why you need to come to me. But, so... <laughs> you look can at you yourself. look at mine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I lead you to look at yours. And there's this thing called yoni mapping that I love doing where you actually go in there and you touch yourself and you feel different things. And it's so crazy, the different sensations like compared to like the left side to the right side of like just stored trauma and stored uh like you know collective wounding in there and it is one of the most powerful things that women can do when you when you do that I I feel like a goddess I just feel so empowered because I just you just start to think about like how powerful the yoni is how powerful the womb is you just never look at yourself the the same way again ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you have you ever done a yoni uh well I call it yoni but is it yoni's esteem yes I do that as well I love doing those um, it's such a prime. <laughs> She's laughing. Allie's laughing. Allie's <laughs> dying. <laughs> well, cause I just brought this up to her in one of our other episodes. I don't know if it'll air before or after this. It's because I saw the meme where it was like talking about this, like you went to like a spa, but for your Yoni and you, it was all of these like seats of steaming. And then somebody said, man, that must smell delicious. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I was like, ew, yeah, I'm so gross. <laughs> but that's, but, do you see, see how that's coming from Yeah, that's coming space? out totally, of the yeah. space. Totally. And because like we were like, taught it's stinky and gross. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, stinky. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, and then even like, I have like a hard time because I remember I was going to try out with control, like the ring the ring mm, the thing removal ring removal ring yeah. yeah but you had to like like the cup thing that you put in there oh no not that like birth control like the ring oh, birth control so it was like a ring that goes and sits up at the top of your cervix and um and I remember it was something that you had to like put in and then pull out and the thought of going up in there myself and that's the thing like I'm very open sexually open like I'm very open about all that stuff. And, but there's something about me going in there and going all the way up in there that I'm like, oh my God, I just can't even, it like creeps me out. And I'm like, why? I have no idea why. Can we talk? Yeah. Can we talk about this? Because this is so important. And it's, and it's, again, it goes back to how we were conditioned and programmed. And so it's, and it's not, don't shame yourself for that because that is something that we as a collective of, as women have been taught. And yeah. I remember at the beginning of my journey with healing my, you know, chronic reproductive issues, like I, I still to this day, like have a hard time with, with menstrual blood. Mm-hmm. Like it was so disgusting to me. I hated it. It was a nuisance. I couldn't like, I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't want to see it. I can say and most it, women do feel that way, right? It's, it's a like, nuisance. It's a yeah. nuisance. It's like, right. I think uncomfortable. Yep. But it's so freaking powerful when I actually I started to like look into like what it 
it has like regenerate regenerative stem cells in it it was used in olden days like in the prehistoric times it was used as a huge healing elixir same as breast milk it has oh, crazy stuff crazy healing properties yeah, breast milk oh yeah i remember i remember i used to when cart like so when i was i had my youngest and I remember like Carter getting sick and I would literally put breast milk in like chocolate milk. Cause obviously if I told him it was breast milk, he wouldn't drink it. Um, but I knew it was like liquid gold. <laughs> yes, it is liquid gold. <laughs> I but like, I am just going to do this. Be, Here's some chocolate milk because it was liquid gold, yeah. right? Like to give it to them. So I didn't even think of like your menstrual as being the same, the same. Well, and that was the other thing. Okay. I'm probably, I'm probably going to have like all the followers leave. Um, <laughs> so I, for my second pregnancy, I ended up having my placenta made into pills. Beautiful. Uh, right. Beautiful. So, I heard that. And, you know, I, I knew I was having another C-section and I struggled the first time and it was something that I'd researched and looked up and you know and so I was like you know what I'm gonna fucking do this and I remember my husband being like really like you're gonna spend that much money to get and he's like do you know it works and I was like of course I don't but I'm the one going through the trauma of having a c-section and if there's a chance that it works I'm taking it and I want to do it and I you know maybe it was in my mind but I do not believe it was in my mind I had so much energy Mm. taking these placenta pills that I remember like getting to the end and I was like, what am I going to do without them? Like it was was, in my, and like the, having the baby and everything was completely different scenario from my first to my second. Mm. And I do feel like it was the placenta. Um, And I know people, people have said, you ate your placenta. I'm like, no, I didn't eat beef jerky. (laughs) It was a pill. It was a pill. They put it in a But cup. back in the day, women would eat their placenta. Well, and all species like, eat the placenta exactly. after giving birth, right? Like, that was something that, and so that's where I was like, I can take Well, and that's another pill. thing. Menstrual blood, like, we all, like, our mother's womb, we were all drenched in that blood. Mm-hmm. We all, mm-hmm. men and women, are, are covered in their woman, in their mother's blood, so why yeah. is it such a disgusting thing? And it's, again, it takes time to really reprogram. But I remember the, like, after months of like, I, like, I, I was like, I'm going to get over this. Like, I need to like reframe my story around my menstrual blood. And I started to put it on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I tasted it. I put it on my face. I wore it as a mask. I started to like pour it back into nature. Like I really, it was, and the first few times I literally was gagging. That's how mm-hmm. much of like a visceral disgust I had with it. But these are all things that like we have, we have a lot of work to do with yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to reprogram. And the last thing I'll say about it, about the men thing is like, it is up to the men to support us. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I, when, whenever I get this question, it's like, Men, support your women in their healing journey. Support mm-hmm. your women in their journey to become leaders because we need women in leadership. Help yes. them out. Help them out at home. Yeah. Help them out with the children. Don't leave everything on the women because the women need to be out in the world. The women need to be healed, integrated, and out in the world. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it's such a 50-50. Like, that's what always drives me nuts like that that because the fact that it is so prominent still nowadays in households right with men and women and the kids not mine mine. um but i would say most of my friends it is like that well i remember um at the beginning of my marriage and um after having our first you know i'm on i'm on maternity leave so i am doing all of the totally. things in the house but that transition for me to go back to work it was a difficult for both of us but i remember you know sitting in a group um in a group of women and they were all over and my husband kept hearing everybody complain about venting about how how they are doing everything at home and I was so grateful that I don't, I didn't have those complaints. Um, I didn't have those issues in my home because my husband, Nick, he is so supportive and he does 
probably more than I do around the house. Like he's doing laundry. He's doing, he's cooking dinner. He's going to the grocery store on his way home from work. Cause he knows what we need. We need to cook for dinner and he's taking the kids to all their sports and he's like, we're doing it 50 50. So if I know the laundry needs to get done, then I'm starting it and he's finishing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there's no conversation, about- but I think it's what you allow. Right. So I have friends mm-hmm. that they complain about it and then, the, and, and it's like, but you're allowing it. You've created the script. Yes, that's tr- also right? true. Yeah. If you if you went and you were like, I'm not putting the kid to bed tonight. It's your turn. You're creating that script, yeah. and that's like that's how it is at at my house. I but I think we have to also have simp- like compassion for those women because even yeah. in my family, like I have a beautiful partner who's the same way. Yeah. yeah. And I still have to check myself where he'll be mm-hmm. like, no, hon, like you just cooked like a beautiful meal. Like I'll do the dishes. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, yeah. and I have to stop myself and be like, no, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to have a bath. You do the dishes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and but like, and it, that's, that's where we can't, healing I don't the think woman. We, yeah. Well, yeah. Healing the women. And we can't just put it on the men. It's like, I think of some of my friends that I'm like, you know, I wouldn't say that the men are bad. It's no. like, why wouldn't they? Like, if, if all of a sudden my husband was like, I want to do everything. Do you think I'm going to be like, stop, let me help. I'm sorry. I'm going to be like, okay, do it. That's just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody's going to take and do everything, you're not going to be like, most of us are not going to be like, actually, no, I want to, most of us won't, but we should, but we should. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where I think then we also then say like, Oh my God, your husband's such a dick. Da, 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 da. And that's where I'm kind of like, but also you need to turn that back around on you yeah. because you have allowed that to happen. Yeah. You have created that um, environment. And if you want it to change, then you need to change. You need to start changing it. And we only, we accept we invite in what we accept, right? So if you don't accept uh, living where you're cooking all the time, well, then you need to make that change. Yeah. You need to and, make that change. Yeah. But I think what like Camila is talking about for us to heal our divine feminine will bring those changes. Yeah. About, we'll bring that will bring so much uh, that will bring us home to ourselves and totally into our own power. And then that will begin to shift. Yeah. And absolutely. then also like at home, the mother, right? So mm-hmm. I always bring it back to the mother because if the mother's taking the time to heal herself, to heal those ancestral, you know, tendencies yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And then starts to that ripple effect, right? She's then going to, you know, raise her son to respect women. She's then going to raise her son to see that, you know what, I'm not a martyr for you. My life does not revolve around just doing everything for you. Yes, as a parent, you do some of that. But you also teach the son that, like, you have a place in this house as well. So you have to... You you have to do things around the home as well, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not just the women... Yeah, and I think teaching sons and daughters yes. that there's equality yeah. and everything needs to, like, I think it comes down to, it needs to be equality on both sides. And that we're, you know, that basically that balance of divine feminine, divine masculine together, um, you know, that, and I think, I just think that's so important in that aspect that there just needs to be this equality brought up that it's like it's not the fault it's not the dad's fault that he's doing nothing and it's not and or it's the mom's you know what I mean like there's this constantly going back and forth like in that sense of like you know like Nick maybe Nick wouldn't do those things if if it wasn't something that if you were like no 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 I want to do it I want to do it who you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it might be something that it's like once we bring that where it's like well no I'll never like accept that yeah in a, in a partner and I'm like I will never accept that in a partner so I don't have a partner that expects me to do everything yeah right and and vice versa right because yeah. I've had friends that the male does absolutely everything for the female and she just walks right on over, you know? And Mm. so it's like creating this like balance. Yes. Right. Beautiful balance. Yeah. 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 That sacred union of divine feminine and divine masculine energy, which is not male or female. It, when it's in balance, both male females have both energies and balance. Both energies and they're both working from that and then yeah. that just creates that beautiful yin and um, yang yeah. energy yeah absolutely yeah oh nice um Camila so we talked a little bit about like how to start embodying your like your 
feminine energy. Um, mm. Would you do you have any other tips or rituals or ceremonies like that beginners can do to really start listening to the or, you know, go within and go and start embodying their femininity? Yeah, I think again, it's just, you know, it's starting to look at your life and mm-hmm. seeing how much is scheduled, right. like how much of your life do you, is scheduled. And I understand if you have kids that there's going to be some of that. And but it's starting to really like take out chunks of your time to just be yeah. to just play to not organize to just yeah. go with the flow. Don't plan. Don't plan. Just, you know, let go of control, right? Because the feminine, the the thing that I love about the feminine is it's like the fertile unknown where it's like, and this is what's been really interesting for me in this last year of my life is living in this feminine energy is not planning, which is so difficult for me, but it's literally Mm -hmm. being in surrender of like following my intuition. And that's what I mean about getting quiet and getting into the body because then your body starts to speak to you. Yeah. Your intuition starts to speak to you. And then you can start making decisions in the moment, being in the present moment based on your intuition. Yeah. And so it's little things that you can do in your day. Like, you know, starting your day in a meditation for a few minutes giving yourself an afternoon where you don't or an evening where it's not planned out you just play with your family you guys just do what whatever feels natural to do in that moment mm-hmm. not planning things so far in advance you know yes. you know just like doing things out of flow and the most important thing is learning to start to listen to the signals of your body mm-hmm. so when you wake up in the morning checking in with your body and going how are you and doing a body scan where you start from the crown of your head and you move down your various body parts and you ask your body, what do you need? Mm. And, you know, starting to really to begin that dialogue, like if you're starting to, if you have pain in your lower back, like really honing in and, and going like, what do you need? Yeah. And you know what? Some days that means, you know, my body's like, I just need to rest. Like I just need mm-hmm. rest today. So I'm, you know, even though I maybe had scheduled a run that day. I'm not going to go for that run because mm-hmm. my body's asking me to rest. Or there's and that's some okay, days, right? And that's like you okay. don't feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. We, we, do, we do feel guilty when we're like, "Damn it!" Yeah, right? rest yeah. is medicine. Yeah. Rest yeah. is medicine, and really starting to be comfortable in the unknown. Yeah, and playing in that energy of not having to know everything and plan everything and focusing so much on the future, but really just like every day being like, okay, what if I just focused on like living today? Like, you know, like being okay with just knowing what's, what's in my mo, what's in this moment and being happy and grateful for what's in this moment, instead of like trying to constantly focus on like getting those followers on social media or like making that money because if we started to really just focus on and being grateful for what we have, you really start to see the connections. You start to slow down and you start to see the beauty around you and the messages around you and the spirits, the helping compassionate spirits that are around you. Yes. Rather than spending so much energy in the head, coming yeah. back down into the body, coming back down into nature. Yeah. And your whole life changes. It becomes so much softer. It yeah. becomes so much more peaceful. And it really is like, this new earth energy that that's what I call it. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I've been drawn to, I've been being called to, cause I see that you do like into, like you'll like kind of intuitively start dancing and, and stuff like that. And I keep getting like called to just do that. Like just mm. music on. Cause like music for me is just so therapeutic. I've always been drawn to music and, um, and it was like, I just keep getting called to be like, you know what, go into your office, lock your door nobody's gonna be in there and literally just put on a song that moves me like it always does yeah and then just allow my body to do whatever the fuck it wants to do whether that's super weird or not but like not giving a shit Mm -hmm. and and I and I love that like you've inspired me to try to do I haven't done it yet but it's one of these things where I keep getting that like niggle to be like you need to go and do this and just like flow with it do it today 
I will it's do such that. a it'll beautiful be like exercise. Yeah. Like it'll be even like a way of exercising and yeah. moving my body. That, that is how I exercise it. now. I love because that. I used to. Now I I do need to run and walk in nature yeah. every day because I need to move my my like my limbs and clear everything out. But yeah. that's what I do every day. Sometimes it's, I call it sloga, where I do slow yoga, where I do like slow <laughs> sensual yoga. But I'm naked. The doors close. Sometimes it. I'm like drumming okay. and with my rattle <laughs> and I'm screaming and sometimes I'm on the floor like a cat. Like it's cr- like I just literally it's my playtime. I'm it. like today that. I'm going to be a spider. I never <laughs> I to do this. Well, and even combining it because like, you know, even the part where you say sitting in front of a mirror naked and like just getting comfortable Do it in with front that. of a mirror. Yeah. That's what I, I was thinking. I'm like, even when you said like dancing naked and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, because naked I in front str- of a mirror. Yeah, yeah, because I really do struggle with body image that has been, a, and this is something that I'm, you know, Mandy and I have talked about where I'm really coming into being like, I need to heal this. And there's so much to heal with my body image and my body and, and all of these things. This is where you start. That this is where you know in a safe place where yeah. nobody can see me yeah. and there's no judgment but I think like even watch, doing wait, that watching a year from now you'll be dancing naked on the street under the full moon <laughs> <laughs> I do that well okay I, love that. I will tell you when I was like mm, 12 or something like that like my older sister went to this like neighbor's house party sleepover thing and and I ended up taking all my clothes off and running around in the cul-de-sac <laughs> And obviously I wasn't drinking. I was 12. And I was just like, Woo! <laughs> and I've had many instances of nudity <laughs> in my teens um, that I would show, you know, just like whatever. I moon flat, whatever. I've always had this like nudity thing. And so at some point, obviously that turned off. <laughs> because I'm like, Stay tuned. Stay but that's tuned. your natural Stay state. Yes. That's your natural. I Make love it. I love you soon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love being naked. It's our natural state and we don't get to do it a lot. And so I walk around naked all the time. And my friend who's a cop is always like, close your blinds. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that 14-year-old son keeps watching through the window. (laughs) That is something I've always been really bad at, though. I will change. Yeah, I don't close the blinds. I don't either. And I I don't don't, care. Yeah, I've been really bad at that. And in my head, I'm just like, nobody's watching. And I just go like walking like all the time, all the time. I'm like, I remember like in the birthing suite after having my second and I was like putting on my, you know, women diaper um, (laughs) afterwards. My husband and I was like facing the window and my husband's like, ooh, Al, do you want to? And I was like, if they want to look and see this, have at it. (laughs) And I was like, I don't care. (laughs) So funny. funny. I know. Yeah. All right, Camila, thank you again so much for just sharing all your wisdom and your knowledge um, and your experience. And it was a beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. Will you share with us a little bit like about how people can get in touch with you, where they can find you and anything that like how you're of service, like how are you helping women, um, you know, get in touch with themselves? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So, uh, get in touch with themselves to touch themselves. Touch themselves. <laughs> yes. I love to actually, I love touching myself. <laughs> I love bringing myself pleasure. So I'm not scared of that. There we go. There we go. That is beautiful because yes. that is another thing we didn't get into, but how much pleasure and feminine energy for is sexuality. Sure. But yeah. yes important, right? Like I tell my sister who has a really hard time with that, with my nieces, I'm like, I'm totally like, you want to talk about masturbation? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's it's do awesome. It, it is awesome. There we yes, go. Let's so end thank- it on a high note. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, you guys. Yeah, yeah. so I have a community called Anaphora Wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's anaphorawellness.com. And basically what I focus on is helping women down their healing journeys. And really it's just a beautiful space where, you know, one of our tenants is that we welcome the totality of who you are. And so I work right now, actually starting in the fall, I'm going to be working uh, one-on-one with women through a three month mentorship, which I'm taking signups right now. And it is, it's called the goddess shamanic mentorship and it's really what it is is we work through your feminine channel so we work through the womb and the yoni up into the heart and through the throat and Mm -hmm. really work on um 
you know, activating your divine feminine energy, call it, you know, we call it Shakti or Kundalini energy, and also really working through the ancestral past life um, traumas and stories that are in these main feminine energy centers. We do a lot of shamanic journeying um, and we also work through whatever that, whatever's unique to that woman, what she's coming with um, and what she wants to really work through and explore. And it's really about, you know, helping the women to find out their true wild essence and then helping them to embody that in a really confident and empowered way. Um, I also do soul readings, which I call shamanic soul readings. And this is where I really do one-on-ones with, men and women who are looking to find out their authentic blueprint. So Mm -hmm. I can read auras and I, in the energy can see your Akasha. Mm -hmm. And so I really help women, majority women to really find out like who they are on a soul level on a multidimensional level, what kind of gifts they came here with, what they're really, what their purpose in this incarnation is, like, what are they here to learn? What are they here to experience? What gifts are they here to share? And really helping them to ground and embody that energy into this incarnation onto this planet. And then the last one is the womb work that I do, which I call a cosmic womb ceremony. And that's just a beautiful deep dive into the womb. And they're so, it's just, it's a beautiful ceremony that I do with women to really activate their Shakti, really clear that energetic womb space. It's a really great ceremony to do um, if you're trying to get pregnant or Mm -hmm. if you're starting a new business, because the womb is not just a place where we give birth to children. Mm -hmm. It is a place of creation and manifestation. So anytime you're trying to call something really big in, anytime that you're needing to use that creative Shakti energy, it's a really, really good um, ceremony to kind of activate and clear that space. And I also bring in a lot of goddesses. I work a lot with the goddesses being a priestess and a lot of the um, earth and helping spirits. That's kind of my shamanic roots into these ceremonies and into these individual one-on-one sessions to really help facilitate. And I feel like I'm more like the conduit and, yeah. and allow these deities and these, and these energies to kind of work through me. Beautiful. I love it. Oh, well, we can't see or wait to see like how all of these things go for you. And we know our listeners like, everybody needs this type of work yeah. and we're, you know, we're just so grateful for your presence and for you coming on and sharing, sharing your work with us. And uh, we will have you on again, I'm sure. So we look forward to that. And again, thank you so much, Camila. Thank you, ladies. I love thank you. you. We love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.